0: Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Chris Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy and I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. Welcome to episode 14. Today is going to be an opportunity to get present to what is possible for your leadership. I'm going to call this show Rewriting the Future of Your Performance. Maybe I'll just shorten it to Rewriting Future Performance. I don't know. And I say it that way because I think we're already living into this default future and probably default performance based on how we've constructed our present. So if you think about that, I really want to explore then how to rewrite the future so that you're not just going to live into whatever it is that you expect to have happen. And You know, I've talked about this before, but I really think that leadership is something that we've all exercised. I think it's just part of uh, who we are. I think we know how to take the lead, and I think the fastest way to see what is possible is actually to look for the impossible in your life and go to work there. So wherever you've given up, wherever you don't care, wherever you don't think it'll change, wherever you know it won't change, uh, wherever you feel like you've done all you can, or you're bored with it, or you're done with it, or you don't have time for it, or don't have energy for it, like, That's the place. Now, I'm not saying I have a cure for all of that, but I want to explore what that looks like because for us, I think leadership is something that is... Uh, created it's a constant exercise that we create we cause leadership to happen and so that's the area in your life where you know your effectiveness maybe has diminished over time when all of those things i just talked about um, show up and here's the thing wherever it diminishes in one area of our lives it kind of it's like water seeping on, on paper it seeps into other parts so it has this impact on your ability to really exercise leadership with everything else in your life So that's our goal today, to leave you present to what is possible for your leadership. So we'll be creating possibilities today. And I've talked about this before. I operate from two assumptions about humans. And I don't know if they're true, but I treat them as truths. And one is that we have this limitless ability to create options. So come up with new ideas, vision, fresh, flexible thinking at any given moment. And two, we have enormous capability to act without limit, so to create results, make change. So if these are truths, then you kind of have to ask, what gets in our way of being or operating this way 100% of the time? Because we we don't. I know I don't. Uh, and leadership is a function of being human. I just think that that's a truth. I, I've noticed that we're all born with this capability to just master our environment, like we started our lives this way. We didn't have language, but we would make noises and organize people around us and realize quickly that others would help us get our needs met. So this is who we are. And our minds have this incredible ability to think flexibly. It's an ability, I think. However, something happened, and it happened to all of us, and the full range of our ability to think flexibly was compromised. And so I want you to get that the question today is not whether you are a leader because you are. To get accurate about it, I think the question is, are you leading effectively in your life? And I think that's a powerful question, not to answer, but to live. So one of the keys to performance is our ability to see how things show up for us, and I think that's huge. So if you've ever been exposed to Crucial Conversations... Um, they're fantastic training, a great framework, a great book, but I think they got a piece of their framework correct, and they posit that in conflict situations, there are two things to pay attention to. One is there's the event, there's what happened, maybe somebody cut you off, maybe somebody made a remark, and then there's the story, there's what we made it mean. There's an interpretation that we put on top of it. So if someone cuts us off, we think that they're a jerk. If someone made a remark, we might think, oh, how rude, right? So we make it mean something. But where I think crucial conversation stops short is having us understand that this phenomenon actually happens all the time, like not just during conflict. And we're constantly making meaning of every situation. And I think that human beings are meaning-making machines. We create constant meaning whether we know it or not. Everything that we come in contact with we create meaning around. And so most of us think of ourselves then, if you think about it, as open-minded and we're objective. When in fact, I think our approach to ourselves, our circumstances, and others is often filtered by pre-existing ideas and thoughts. I um I actually started my career as a high school teacher and I once ran an experiment. It was after lunchtime and students were talking, and then out of nowhere, I decided I was going to slam my fist on the table. So BAM! And I saw, you know, in the later debrief, some really mixed responses. So some people sat erect, um, hands folded, other folks kind of slouched back. And when I asked them, like, what were you thinking? Folks were telling me different responses, like, "Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble, or he's pissed, or what's wrong with him, or oh, he's having a bad day, or whatever. Like, I don't care. And it's interesting because what it began to show me is that We are all going to create meanings. Even if the same event happens, what we make it mean will be different. And what I'm realizing is you don't just have to have an event for us to create meaning. So there's already something going on inside of us because what people made that mean also seem to correlate to in some ways i'm going to say and put this in quotes who they were so what i noticed is that most of us are kind of already walking around with these tapes in our minds um if you don't know what a tape is my daughter recently we, was, we were at target and i showed her a fisher price tape recorder and she's like what's that and i was like oh it's a tape recorder she's like what's a tape i was like oh my gosh but anyways i digress i think that there's these these constant messages playing inside of us and they have so many different themes but they sound like This, they sound like I'm right and you're wrong, or why, or how, or I like what you're saying, or I dislike that, or I trust what you're saying, or I distrust you, or I believe that, or I disbelieve it, or I already know, or I know better, or what's your point, (laughs) or I'm busy, or what's in it for me, or for them, or that's true, nope, that's false, or it's not my fault, or I'm not the one to blame, or... Um, What are you really up to? Or I agree. I disagree. That's good. That's bad. We should do this. We shouldn't do that. Like all of these things are just swimming constantly inside of our minds and we attach those messages to what's happening. So anytime we're actually just experiencing something, one of those things are kind of just popping up. And here's what's interesting about this. You don't necessarily think about these things. You come from them is what i've noticed so for instance you don't really think i don't believe you like maybe you maybe it slips into your consciousness and you think that way but instead you're just really quick to ask questions like you probably know what i mean you've probably had that person on your team They, they question everything and so they're not necessarily thinking i don't believe you they're being i don't believe you right like they're just skeptical they're being skeptical they're being you know what are you up to Um, And what it looks like is constantly asking questions and constantly being analytical. And they might just say, oh, I'm just analytical, but that's their way of being inauthentic with who they are, right? They're not quite owning um, who they're being because they haven't quite noticed who they are. And why I think this is such an important conversation to have and to notice is that when I work with leaders, we often try to deliver change from inside of what we already see based on these interpretations, And so I'd want you to start to notice that sometimes our thinking is stuck. And it's the thinking that's stuck. It's our thinking that gets stuck, not theirs. It's not our team's. It's ours. It's not our leaders. It's ours. And so I want to presence us to a common almost universal stuckness. I think we all share experience at one time or another as a human being. Uh, So I have this picture. You can't see it. I've got a couple in front of me, but I'm going to talk about the first one. It's of my daughter. She's learning how to swim. And when I share the photo with groups and ask, what's she doing? You know, the obvious answer that they tell me is, well, she's swimming. But I want you to consider that this is just one possibility. Another possibility is that she isn't actually trying to swim. Maybe she's simply trying to just not drown. (laughs) So what's the difference? I would say... All the difference. I'm gonna tell you a story here because I think this is where we get stuck. So consider if my daughter is trying not to drown, she might be interested in swimming. Like we can be interested in leadership or interested in some kind of change, like interested in creating safety or creating sustainability, right? And the inevitable future for my daughter is going to be swimming. Like she, today she knows how to swim. But the future occurs for her in this picture it occurs for her as scary. It's terrifying. So she's not trying to swim, she's simply trying not to drown because the inevitable future of swimming is terrifying to her. She's simply trying not to drown for a while, all the while being really interested in swimming. I mean, I hope this makes sense. You know, my daughter would sit on the edge of the pool and talk about wanting to swim and look at other kids swimming. But the thought of it for her was terrifying that she just couldn't let go and do it. And this isn't, I don't think, too different from us, especially if you think about how we operate in the workplace. You know, For us, let's just say swimming is interesting to us, and being a leader is interesting to us, and creating change, creating new results is interesting to us, all the while still trying to do X, right? And the question is, what's the X we're still trying to do while introducing the change? Where where are we holding back or complaining or being passive or waiting? So I'd want you to consider that my daughter is trying not to drown, and inside of this this context, we'll call it, of trying not to drown, like that's how she's seen things, the lens of trying not to drown. The future must occur as fear or risk. It's pretty obvious. And if the thinking for my daughter is that the future occurs as a fear or risk, she's going to hang on to something. And you can see it in this picture because the future is too scary to let go of something. So she hangs on to something. So the question is, what does she hang on to? And if you were to see the picture, you would see that she is what she's literally hanging on to and it's the wall like both hands and feet are gripping this wall and if you think about it metaphorically she's actually hanging on to her past like it's a past given by let's say walking all she's doing even with her interest in swimming is walking in the water so she's bringing this past called walking into the future called swimming and she's literally clinging to her past see that's what we do i think we cling to our past, all the while being interested in something different. And and here's the thing. We're designed through survival to not let go. So my daughter, thank God, will not drown because, you know, it's what she's interested in, not drowning. And she's going to fulfill on that future. But at the same time, she won't actually swim. Like, it'll take her longer. And it did take her longer than maybe some other kids. And it's going to have nothing to do with her physiology She's just going to survive swimming. Now, I'm not trying to like poo-poo my daughter or um, have us be, you know, throw caution to the wind in in terms of, you know, child safety or human safety with the water. I'm just trying to create a story here and paint a picture of the difference that we might bring into um, new situations, which is... Coming into a situation, being scared and being risk averse and hanging on to our past as opposed to something different. So I've got the second picture here. It's of my son. I want you to consider him. Now he's three. He's been swimming pretty much since he was six months, albeit with floaties, but there's nothing physiologically distinct about him or different about him from my daughter. So you got to ask like, what's the difference? And he was interested in swimming. Now, he wasn't interested in not drowning. Uh, he, or trying to be better at not drowning, he embraced the possibility, the future called water play, and just the future called step into it. In fact, the kid literally stepped into it. Like this is this is a kid who just walked into water. We had to drag him out because he almost drowned. He, this is a kid who jumped off a diving board when he was two. Um, so he was stepping into this future called I Want to Swim, and that's because the future occurred for him as an opportunity for his aliveness to get expressed. He was open and alive to the future, and it didn't occur as a fear or a risk. And as a consequence of that experience, he let go. Literally, figuratively, literally let go of his past, this past of crawling and walking and this future of swimming. So you see this picture of him, and you look at his face. He's so alive, he doesn't even know what the hell he's doing. But how many leaders out in the world do that? Just deal with not knowing. You see, anything you know is just going to give you more of what you know. But anything new, anything new, any change that's new comes from not knowing. Right? Think about riding a bike comes from not knowing. Thinking about crawling comes from not knowing. Think about walking comes from not knowing. You know, thinking about leading a team comes from not knowing. Thinking about achieving something that has not been done before obviously comes from not knowing. Yet we try to deliver the future from this place of having to know the answer and and having to, you know, deal with, you know, fear. And that's just not a future that's new. So what's going to happen for my son is that he's going to sink and he's going to sink and he's going to choke on water because he's interested in swimming. He's not interested in not drowning yeah, you know, he's he's going to swim as a function of his interest. In other words, he's going to create swimming. He's not going to survive not drowning. It's it's not something he's going to survive for him. He's going to be creating it along the way. He's going to have joy with it. He's going to you know express himself. I know those are kind of like foofy words, but the reality is when you watch him do what he does, you know he's having a good time. And that doesn't mean he's being giddy. Like you can be joyful about different things. Like I'm joyful about parenting, but I don't laugh about it the whole time. I'm joyful about hiking or skiing, but I'm just interested in what I'm doing. It brings me, you know, um, I'm focused on it and it brings me uh, and it releases passion when I do it. It doesn't mean that I'm like, like happy. But there's something different there that we get to create, and so I'm just calling that out. And I hope that you're able to see what I'm saying. I hope I'm telling these stories in a way that it makes some sense. And I hope that you can begin to see how this might relate to your life, your team, or your organization. Because it's the difference between surviving and creating, and they're just two totally different worlds. No matter how much my daughter tries not to drown, she's never going to catch her brother who's trying to swim. And I think this statement is true because their thinking is so radically different. It's not necessarily that their resources or technology is any better. They just think different. And I think this holds true for teams and organizations. Where are we trying not to make a mistake or not look bad or not show what we don't know or not make waves as opposed to trying to create something new? It's not a better yesterday. It's creating something new. It doesn't have to be big. It could be creating a new relationship, which a new conversation. This could be a new relationship to information. It could be a new relationship to an idea. It could be a new relationship with a person. It could be a new conversation about um, how we're how we're thinking about our data or how we're thinking about the problem. It could be a new way of looking at the problem. It's just new. So we think about like, Where you struggle as a leader. So now I'm talking, again, to you as a manager, as a supervisor, as a leader. Maybe even as an individual contributor. And you think about where you struggle. What are you making it mean? Are you making it mean that it's their fault? That they don't listen? That they don't understand? That they resist change? That they don't get it? That they uh, aren't up for the challenge? Like, what is it that you're making it mean? Right? And and think about how the finger might be pointed outwards. Whether or not that's actually happening isn't the issue. It's what we make it mean. Because just notice how you might be bringing limits, that limiting past into your future. Because however you're thinking, you bring into the present moment. And guess what? Now it's a new present moment. And now it's a new present moment. So we're bringing this thinking into the future, into what's happening next, and into the change that you want to create. So now notice you might not be truly creating change, you might not be really creating an inspired team or a balanced life or an effective group or a passionate team. And instead you might just be surviving the past, you might just be coping, fearing, dealing, navigating, right? And creating arises from a future that hasn't happened yet. So it requires that you bring something new into existence and creating is the game changer. So. I just want you to consider where it is you're holding back and really connect with a couple things. What is it that you're committed to? What's the future that you want to create by design? And then what is it that, that, who is it that you're being and what is it that you're doing that's connected to the past that you're stuck being entangled with what others might be putting out for you instead of you being able to create something that gets folks excited Um, and moved around a future that's new for all of you and i'm just gonna leave you with that thought it's that thought the question to live for the week is what future am i actually committed to and where am i stuck what do i need to let go what are the tapes that are playing in my mind what are where are the places that i'm being hooked by others where is it that i need to let go And what is the future that I'm committed to that I need to begin to speak out to other folks? Your transformation doesn't happen until you begin to share what you're truly committed to. And then you need to find out in the course of sharing that, how others see you. Because you might be committed to something, but who you are doesn't match that commitment. And we need to find that out because those are the places that we get to let go. And this isn't about them. It's never about them. It's always about us. Because until we're able to lead ourselves, we're not going to be able to lead others. And if we can't lead others, we can't lead the community. And if we can't lead the community, we can't lead you know, the nation. If we can't lead the nation, we can't lead the world. And so on and so forth. Because that's how big we actually are. So I want to leave you with that because I know that all of you wake up every single day and you're interested in making a real difference in this world instead of just making it work. And I'm trying not to get too deep with today, but I also want to give you an opportunity to begin to see where is it that things feel impossible, because that, again, my friends, is the place where possibility has an opportunity to show up, so we want to go to work in those places. Look, I'm, I love that you're following the show. I'm interested in you being a part of this revolution. I'm interested in you sharing this revolution, and I'm looking forward to sharing more thoughts and thinking next week. Take care, everybody.